I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm really sorry I'm late. For you to episode 188, Craig's the, the you know what happened to me this morning? What? The hot shower took over. Don't you remember when you were a kid though and you had to get up and go to school and oh you had the hot shower in the morning and you just didn't want to get out? It's just how I felt today. The the heavy, the heavy pressure. Hence right the word the kid. <laughs> I'm dragging ass today, man. I'm tired. Did you see the tweet I sent out? I'm not a big. Oh, I'm not a big see the guy. I, I very, very. That's very, like a special occasion if you sent out a tweet on something. Was it positive at least? Well, you're gonna have to go and take a look at it. I'm looking for it. Would you give me a second, Jesus? What did you? Why don't you just tell? Oh, the kids doing it all. Legit yep. Norris. Oh, legit Norris candidate. So you you had sent out. Uh, the video of, of Rasmus Dahlin, uh, just making, making a, a body check that I haven't seen in a long time, um, from anybody that plays on the Sabres. Okay. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I have not Lushkin seen a hit like that in a Sabres Rushed uniform. a guy about 20 games ago. I'll but I haven't this. seen a hit like that since, since Brian Campbell hit on Berger. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, what is this young man not doing? What is Rasmus Dahlin not doing right now to put himself in a category of the very elite in this game? What is what is he what is he missing for us to be right now saying that Rasmus Dahlin is in a top five position? in the NHL. And on top of that, I said, this kid is doing it all legit Norris candidate. Is he? I'm asking you, I'm not, I'm not questioning that as if I doubt it. I'm just asking, is he in your opinion right now? I, I will say this in order to be just in the category alone, Number one, there's never been a, def- when's the last time a defensive defender has won the Norris trophy? Um, uh, defensive does you'll have uh, to go back. You'll have to go back. And I, I mean, you probably won't even find one. Well, okay. okay. Well, what so, was, Lid- what was Lidstrom then? It wasn't Lidstrom at all around. I know he put up points, like he put up high points, but also was he not no, no, also no, 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 no. unbelievable? Stop, 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 okay. stop. Okay. It, would you consider him a defender? I would consider Nick Lidstrom arguably the greatest defenseman to ever play. And I know Bobby Orr was amazing, but Lidstrom did it all. He defended so well. He was his first pass out of the zone was, from what I understand, one of the greatest in the game. His poise with the puck legitimately did it all. 
Okay, but and I'm not just bringing him up because I'm gonna he's ask sweet. you again. Is he a defensive? De- is he a defense? No, he's no. I guess I guess not. He but had 1100. He had 1142 points. He scored 264 goals. Okay, this guy was not considered a defender. This guy was considered one of the greatest offensive defensemen ever. You know, he's got to be in the top 10. Now, when you look at when you look at Nick Lindstrom, in order for him to win, you know, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In order for him to win seven Norris trophies, he had he had to be the best in not only being the best offensive. You have to be a guy that's on the ice an ungodly amount of minutes. And if you're doing that, you're playing in defensive roles. You're killing penalties. You're playing against other teams, top to uh, top lines. You're also producing offensively. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that comes into it. When I look at, when I just, and this is just my opinion, when I look at Rasmus Dahlin, and how he's playing for the Buffalo Sabres, I would put him strongly in a top five best defenseman in the National Hockey League currently right now. Have I think Eric Carlson. Have you looked at the defense points in the league? Yes. Yeah, you're looking at it right now. I am. Okay. And, and, and Rasmus Dahlin sits number two. It's very, it, it's very solid. He has 29 points in 24 games. That's not very solid. That's exceptional. Okay. Exceptional. I'm going to say solid. Um, How do you only say solid? I don't understand how you say he's playing solid. He's plus 10. Yep. There, There's just a lot of things that go into when I, when I say, and I don't throw those kinds of things out lightly. Like he is a legit Norris trophy candidate. There's a lot of factors that go into my brain on saying something like that. I am not going to throw that out if I do not truly 100% believe it. And there's a lot of factors that have to go into being a Norris trophy candidate. Number one, you have to be an offensive defenseman. I'm sorry, but defensive defensemen do not get the accolades. Okay. To to put themselves in a position to 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 win a Norris. Now I look at you have to look at time on ice. Okay, right now Rasmus Dahlin sits fourth amongst all defensemen in the NHL. Fourth with minutes played. Okay, he sits number two with points produced. He is on a power play that he is one of the major factors of that power play and and the success of that power play. He's playing against other teams' top lines, okay? This is big. This is very, very important that you need to understand. He's playing against the other team's top units with Samuelson, who is an unbelievable defender, and those two are are usually put against the best. He is killing penalties. He is killing penalties on a regular basis now. Okay. To throw in 
one of the deciding factors for me that rounds out his entire game of points, minutes, defending against the very best of, of in the league, plays on penalty kill. There's one other deciding factor Can that goes into it. Go ahead. Goals. No, absolutely not. Because he's this, in a he's in he's a second, solid. The only reason why I said that was because he's second. He's tied for second with eight. And he, that's I mean, okay. Eric goals. Carlson has eleven. He's he's sitting at eight, and that's second in the league. That's Don't not it. Better than Carlson, by the way. That's not it. How many uh, games have we watched this year? Rasmus Dahlin, he's playing with an edge. He's yeah. playing with an edge. His job isn't to go out there and and throw these hits like he did last game. That's part of his evolution of his game. I never thought that I would see Rasmus Dahlin play with the edge and aggression that I have seen out of this young man. When I say this, and I am not kidding when I say this, he has to be top one or two or three on this team engaging in every battle. Like oh, someone gets smoked, well, pick he it, is pick the first it. guy in there. One, two, or three. Which one is it? He's number one. I would say number one. He's number one. I would say far. number one. Hands down. You know what I was happy about after that hit, by the way? And and I'll yep. agree with you. I'll agree with you on the Norris Trophy. Um, it, I mean, it's there's still a lot of season left. I know you you more than anybody knows that. Oh, yeah. But I, he's oh, yeah. definitely. We're, we're one third, about one third into the season. One third into the season. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's put himself in a very, very, very favorable position to be in the, in the, uh, in the talks. Okay. And, you know, you would have Eric Carlson, you're going to have Erasmus Dahlin. Um, Adam Fox is always going to be in the mix. Kale McCarr is always going to be in the mix. Roman Yossi is a, is a, is a player for the last number of years that has been in that mix. I don't think he's anywhere near it this year. He's not, he's not where he needs to be, to be in that conversation. Rasmus Dahlin is in, is in a top five position with four other guys that are, that are, you know, at this point in the season, Rasmus Dahlin has to be one of the front runners for the Norris. Well, now here's so the thing. Is Josh Morrissey. He's having an unbelievable yep, he's having an unbelievable season, but he's also he's also playing two minutes less. Two minutes. Yeah, okay, okay. No, okay. sorry, sorry. I'm gonna go, but, I'm gonna take that back. Rasmus Dahlin plays twenty six minutes a night. Josh Morrissey plays twenty three minutes. Yeah, a but night. do you know how many points Josh Morrissey, the most points Josh Morrissey's had in his career? Don't look. Don't well, look. he's got twenty. He's got twenty six points in twenty three games. Okay, so, so what did he have last year? Uh, what did he have last year? Do you think roughly? Uh, I'm not he's a, probably forty. Okay, pretty good guess. He was at thirty seven in seventy nine games. Yeah, he's, he's like he's really having good, a. This, really I'm nice not player. going to say a. I mean, is it a breakout season? Is it just kind of an anomaly? I, I don't know. How what old he's is he? having. He is twenty six. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. All right. Josh Morrissey is, you know, most defensemen, most defensemen in their careers usually really start to mature around 25, 26, and they have their best years between 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. And then depending on the player, there might start, you might start to get a dip in your early 30s, right? 
Josh Morrissey is is a very very good defenseman. He skates exceptionally well. He's he's put in positions to be the lead guy there in Winnipeg. But I'm going to tell you, if you had a chance to take Rasmus Dahlin or Josh Morrissey, I mean, there there there's well, that, not okay, even a discussion. That's not a discussion. That's a that's a that's even a that's that's unfair. I mean, it's is not it? un, it's not unfair. It's just it wouldn't be. It's not. It's that's a no brainer. So it doesn't even make sense to to, to offer that because everyone is going to take Rasmus Dahlin. The one there's two two things I just want to say. The first one's really quick. You made a point about defensive defensemen don't win the Norris. I and and I don't want to get into a long conversation about this. I really okay. don't because we've had it. If you want to comment, go ahead. I just think it's unfair. For all the defensemen that do the really, really hard grunt work, kill penalties, play against like a like take a Matias Samuelson for that matter, or uh, you know just 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 right here in our backyard in Buffalo, D- defensemen like that that play against the other team's top lines, kill penalties, play a physical game, you know, block shots. Those guys, they don't get enough respect. I mean, there needs to be an award for those guys. I don't care. That has been a discussion for a very long time that there should be, you should have two different um, Do you remember, do you remember the, a guy that played for Nashville and then the New York Rangers? I think his name was Kevin Klein. I do. Guy got screwed every, every single year because he was by far one of the most valuable defensemen to a team, but he only scored like five, six goals. But he was unfriggin' believable, this guy, with what he could do. And probably not even close to a household name. But if you go look at his stats, this guy was as as reliable in any situation as you can get when it comes to a defenseman. And he just flies under the radar all these years. Made some good money. But all I'm saying is I could have seen his name on a trophy. Um, you know, that that ro- that rewarded defenseman for playing the other way. You know, I mean, that's... Yep. Like, I, so I don't know who that guy would be in the league right now. I'd have to really dive into it and take a look at who the best defensive defensemen are. You probably have. Well, a I much- think I have it. Let's hear it. Um, and uh, before I go there, it's it. I'm I'm probably thinking that uh, this defenseman won it back to back years, eighty three and eighty four. I'm just actually looking him up to 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 figure out um what his point totals were because i i know the name but i never figured that this this guy would be a a norris trophy uh winner especially back to back okay hold on hold on slow down what because it's probably the first time that i will say that he is considered he would be to me considered a defensive defenseman and he won it back to back years okay stop what years? 83 and 84 he won. 83, 84, Norris Trophy winner. Shit. And you will not you will absolutely not get this. Okay, okay. And uh, once I say the name, you will absolutely know who it is. Yeah, of course I will. Uh okay. Larry Robinson. No, but he is like that, but just a just let me tell you, because you're not getting it. Okay, what what team? He played for Montreal and he played a very long time for Washington. Who? Rod Langway. 
Rod Langway. Rod Langway. Rod Langway. Left-handed shot defenseman, not not known for his offensive abilities. More of a a defensive defenseman, and he won two back-to-back Norris trophies. And in those two years, he had 32 points and 33 points. But you look at you look at all the players that have won over the years: Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Roman Yossi, uh, Mark Giordano. When he won in 2019, his do you remember his point totals? It was like 78 points or something like that. He had Victor Hedman, Brent Burns, Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson, Duncan Keith, PK Subban, uh, Eric Carlson, Nick Lindstrom, Duncan Keith, Zdena Chara. One of the best overall defensemen, but he is probably the best defender out of all of these players that have been named. Some pretty impressive uh, names on here, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you that you know we we talked about Rasmus Dahlin for years. We talked about after his first year, his second year, his third year. Um, there was times that it's to me, it's, it, it's truly incredible. And this is why I love what Don Granado does. Okay. And we've had some, you know, some um, debates between you and I behind the scenes with, with Don and uh, about just about, you know, the direction of the team coaching stuff like that. And I just can't get over the difference between the Rasmus Dahlin prototype under Ralph Kruger and then looking at what we have right now on this team, the confidence and the calmness that was given to Darlene to go out and play his game, just not worry about making mistakes, just go out and uh, utilize your gifts that he was given. Okay. And, and and quit putting so much pressure on himself. Just evolve as a young man and as a player. And Don Granato gave Darlene this new mindset, this new challenge in his brain where you have all of the tools. Now you just need to put it all together and build that confidence. And this young man right now, well, it's also I mean, fifth year in the partner. league. It's also, isn't that part of it? Well, hold yes. on a sec. Hold on a sec. Uh, the other thing I want to make is he, is he not, and I know the answer to this rhetorical question, Farley, it's from a great movie. Um, is he not playing his offside? He is, but I thought he was playing. I thought he was playing at a uh, more an elite level, even with Henry Yoki Haru. Um, last year you know or, or even going back another year when when ralph kruger was removed of his duties don granado came in changed the mental environment of his team allowed rasmus Dahlin. henry yoki haru was struggling immensely too under ralph kruger as of you know you look at jeff skinner right now are you shitting me how's jeff how is how is jeff skinner playing on the fourth line with two mutts and now all of a sudden, as soon as that man leaves, Jeff, you know, Jeff Skinner is completely like what we're watching from Jeff Skinner right now. And I'm, I've been the bit, biggest critic of Jeff Skinner 
Well, let me tell you something. You got to give the guy props. He's playing. He's playing at a super high level of hockey. He's played better hockey than I have seen Jeff Skinner play ever. He's confident. The goal he scored last night was just insane. Yeah, it's nice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Here's the thing. This is where, for me, I don't give a shit about Jeff Skinner's goals. Now, I know that's going to be a product of his play because he is a goal scorer. That's guy why he's getting paid. But what we need from Jeff Skinner in order to be a highly successful team moving forward is what Jeff Skinner is doing at the end of games being put in a defensive role to shut down the game. That right there, Don Granado is showing Jeff Skinner. He's not throwing him out there to say, hey, go and get your point and see if you can get an assist or a goal. You know, no, he's putting him on the ice because he truly believes that Jeff Skinner is going to give the team the best chance to win that game. And Jeff Skinner has never, in all the years he's played this game, he's never been put in a situation to be on the ice at the end of games to lock things down. I mean, Jeff Skinner is not typically known for his defending. Okay. Well, something's lit a fire under his ass. I don't know what it is. It's a You good know what? Thing. Listen, I mean, I, I'll say this again. Your best players need to produce offensively each and every night. But your best players need to be your best defenders, too. And if you can get your top elite players on your team that produce offense to care about defense just as much as they do offense, you will win a lot more games than you will lose. Jeff Skinner right now, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck. These guys, this line has produced offensively, but they are still caring about the defensive side of the game and they have to because most nights that line is going to be playing against the other team's top line and you're getting what this team has lacked for a very long time is the secondary scoring okay well the well, kids are starting to get confidence which the kid is line right now massive. like like you have you have um you have the kid line that's out there and they go and score a goal, okay? Quinn absolutely snipes one. And all of a sudden, they all pile into the corner to go and congratulate 
young Quinn, who's 21 years old. And you guess who shows up? 21-year-old Dylan Cousins, 20-year-old J.J. Paterka, 20-year-old Owen Power, and 22-year-old Henry Yokiharyu. That's who shows up into the pile. You have five players on the ice that are under the age of 22. That's not normal. That is not a normal picture in the NHL. That line right now, and the funny thing is we discussed this last week because Dylan Cousins has elevated himself. He's elevated his game. He's also been put in a, in a position to play on the power play on the number one unit, which he has not had the ability to do for quite some time now. I don't his, think in his NHL career. His game is taken off, man. Did, I mean, like the, kid, it's, the kid's it, fast. Now, I He's will say this. Plays. Did you see at the end of the game him skating up the ice and bob, bopping the puck up on his stick and then someone stepped up on him and tried, Smoked to, him. tried to, well, yep. tried to, didn't get him all. And I just am thinking, I hope, I hope when he went back to the bench, just somebody, a veteran player said, it's we're we're beating them by two goals and it's this late in the game. Don't be doing that. They're looking to kill you. You know what they I mean? They don't have anybody on that team that's going to kill anybody. So well, no you one can do it to one. No one Freaking thought Darlene was going to kill anybody either, and he does. Sometimes guys get pissed off. All I'm saying is, you know, you're up 6-3. You got two minutes left in the game. Don't be trying to tap the tap the puck on your blade to try to just put it on the ice and shoot it in the corner. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I saw the same thing, but you know what? I I'm mean, not criticizing him. I'm just Dylan saying Cousins man, is uh, is a pretty honest player. Um, he plays the game the right way, and it just, you know, listen. I mean, it goes back to you're, we're we've just discussed two players. So Rasmus Dahlin is finishing up a three year deal for eighteen million dollars. Okay, six million dollars a year, and has to sign a new contract. Like at what, what number are you going to be signing for Rasmus Dahlin? He's going to be an eight year deal. That's one, he has one year left after this, right? This um, is the second year. Is it not of a three-year deal? It's a three-year deal. $6 million a year. And this I is, can, I can double check that. Um, I feel like this is year two. <clears throat> This is year two. You are yeah. you are correct. So, so he, he can has sign an extension year. in the summer. And this is this all comes down to the same as the Tage Thompson conversation. What does Darlene do? What does the team do? You know, does Darlene take a deal? I mean, he's going to get paid. He's going to get a good. He's at nine and a half already. Right now, today, he is at nine and a half, and that number is continuing to grow because Kale McCarr is the pinnacle. Okay, okay like, so why? So let me ask you this: McCarr makes what nine? He's a $9 million cap hit, I think. Yeah, he signed. I'm pretty sure he signed a six-year deal for $9 million. So, And so the cap's gives? going up. And the ca- so, I mean, nine, he's not, Darlene right now is nine and a half, nine, seven, five on an eight-year deal all day long. Do you sure. want to sign a, a player right now? Like, again, we, we had discussed about Tage Thompson in length about why would you sign a player and your your stance was why sign a player to this contract because he's only had one good year and 
on the other side, the other argument is you need to take a risk. Kevin Adams essentially is taking a risk signing Tage Thompson to a seven-year deal for $7.14 million a year annually. Okay. Consider that risk a success. At, after 25 games, it he's seems not, like it's, well, he's a, not gonna, he's it's not a glaring gonna hit a success. He's not hitting a halt ever. He's, he's too 24 good. 24 years old. He's too good. Tage Thompson well, is too, he's too good. He's big. He's stronger. He's going to get stronger. He's fast. He's got a wicked so shot. I guess, he can pass. But hold unbelievable on. Unbelievable hands. Okay, but hold Agile. on. Agile. I mean, it's it's crazy Stop for to a see this guy in the ice. You, like many, did not like the idea of signing Tage Thompson. I just wasn't sure. I never. So, so you were for, not. Just, just for clarification, willing. please tell me that you remi- you you recall the fact that I never said it was a bad move that he's a bad player or doesn't deserve it. No, I just said no. Let's just see if he can sustain it. I'm fine with the yes. money. I'm fine with the money. But the team, maybe if he has 52 points this year, I don't know why I picked 52, but random okay. number, great number. 52 points, you're looking saying, okay, maybe you get him for six. And maybe knowing that he still has this kind of potential. Yes. That's yes. all I was saying. So the you know? like what I'm not trying to put you down. Okay. Oh, I know I'm you're not, not. I'm, I just, I'm no, trying but I just to, wanted to make it clear I'm trying to the listeners. You, along with like 50% of the listeners, when I read all of the tweets that came into after the whistle and the the dialogue that was going around from analytics people to media to everything else, it seemed like there was a really even teeter-totter of people that were like, listen, we it was like fascinating. Tage, it was fascinating to see how people we like Tage Thompson. We like what he did, but he only did it for one year. So why are we going to give him $50 million on a seven-year deal? Why don't you wait and allow him to earn that? The other side of it was, this is a great signing. Yes, Tage Thompson only did it for one year. But if Tage Thompson goes and does the exact same as, thing as he did last year on and doing it two years in a row, that 7.14 turns into an eight and a half, nine and a half million dollar deal. Tage Thompson right now, if he did not sign that $7.1 million has put himself in a range of being well, higher than a, a Skinner. nine, a higher nine, nine and a half. Yes. A nine, nine and a half million dollar player. Tage Thompson's name around the national high. When you have an interview in Toronto, with with literally one of the biggest markets, hockey markets in the world in Toronto, and and one of the greatest hockey players on the planet right now in Austin Matthews is asked a simple question: Who is the most? Who is the biggest, most underrated player in the NHL? And within within literally one second, Austin Matthews says Tage Thompson from Buffalo. That there, you need to understand quite an endorsement, a huge endorsement. It's a good thing he was signed by then. <laughs> exactly. So right now it's like, yes, Kevin Adams sat there and said, oh man, that's a lot of money that I'm giving this guy. But at the same time, I believe in him. I've seen him more than 
every couch potato that is giving their opinion. Okay. So what and is, I what, believe in Tage Thompson. What does all this have to do with Darlene? Like, what's your? I, I know what it has to do with. Well, what's it has what's to do with? Like, on it? it has to do with like. I mean, Rasmus Darlene, one thousand percent will be re-signed for an extension. He will be. The question is, how long is the extension? Does Rasmus Darlene, you know, sign for? nine million dollars a year for six years exactly what kale mccarr signed for it's going to get more because the cap's going up i mean that okay it but is, it is what but it is. is is rasmus dahlin kale mccarr his importance to the team yes okay he might not be the same type of defenseman as mccarr but they're, they they're, the, they're the value close. They're damn well, close. statistically, maybe, but I, Darlene isn't the guy that's going speeding and flying up the wing. And yeah, he'll join the play, and he has scored goals from in front of the net. I, I, I know that. We've seen him with the puck down low in the offensive zone. I know that. But Kale McCarr literally picks up the puck from behind the net, and he flies like Connor McDavid down the ice. Darlene yep. isn't that type of skater. He's more elusive. He might be like a a, a shifty kind of guy with some really great playmaking ability. All I'm saying is I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying they're equally as important and valuable to not just their team, but the league, but they're just a little bit different, but it doesn't mean I put one value more than one than the other. All yeah. I'm saying is I'm going to use your argument here, and that is salary caps going up and that's just the timing of the deal. And he's going to get more like, why should he not? Let's put Kale McCarr aside for a second. Why should he not get the same as Darnell Nurse or Seth Jones or I'm Zach Wierenski? Is he nine five, nine point two five? What's he? Yeah, now? he's he's over nine five. Okay. I mean, is let me ask you something. If Kevin Adams announced, let's just say hypothetically tomorrow he could announce an extension for Darlene, and it was eight years, ten million per year. How would you feel about that deal? I would think that it's it it's uh, somewhat the market it's the right market with what i've seen from rasmus dalene this year and the end of last year i think he's played himself into not only being a very um good defenseman and when i say by very good i mean you know rasmus dalene is probably in a top 20 25 defenseman in the league okay last year ending this year in 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 his fifth season he's only 22 years old I believe that Rasmus Dahlin, with the strength of the hockey team getting better and, and the skill level of this team getting better, Rasmus Dahlin has propelled himself into a top 10 defenseman 100%. Like, I mean, guaranteed a top 10 defenseman. That's He's a top five defenseman. Okay. I'm saying on a... On a even even when Rasmus Dahlin, let's say he dips a little bit in his game, just a little bit in his game, maybe points, maybe time on ice, um, this and that. Rasmus Dahlin, to me, is still a top 10 defenseman in the league. Right now, he's currently playing at a top five defenseman in the league. He is, to me, oh, I see a, what you're saying. He okay. is a legit Norris Trophy candidate. If he plays this way for the next 55 games 
It is going to be very interesting who wins the Norris Trophy because I believe Rasmus Dahlin absolutely 100%. He, he continues to play at the level that he's at is going to be right in the mix for it, for a Norris Trophy. Um, and, and, and all that spins off to what he is going to get paid in his next contract. And would I be unhappy if he signed a $10 million deal, knowing that the cap is going up. Okay. Knowing the cap's going up. That being said, um, I would prefer to have him maybe under a lesser length of contract so we can get him for a little bit less. So he might have more time to make more money. So if he signs a six year deal, it takes him till he's 29. He could literally sign another major deal after that deal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. So does that lower in, the number though? Is it well, still in order at to 10 win, or? in order to win, in order to win in this league, you know, you need your top players not to be making 12 and a half million dollars, just like Edmonton in Edmonton. I mean, they're, they're paying Darnell nurse nine and a half million because guess what? They have to pay him nine and a half million because no one wants to go to Edmonton. So they overpay him. They have to pay, you know, 12 and a half for, you know, um, Connor McDavid, who is the best player in the game. But I just find you look around the league that the, the teams that have players that are making over $10 million. I mean, have they ever won a Stanley cup? No, the answer is no, no, they haven't. There's never been a player. There's never been a player making over 10 million that has won a Stanley cup. And for me, it's, um, you know, I would love to, I would, there's a lot of players that are going to have to be paid. Like everybody looks at, you know, cap friendly and they look at the Sabres and they feel very confident saying, wow, look at all this money we have. We have a tremendous amount of money. Guess what? In another two years, Three years from now, that's all going to be eaten up. You got to pay Power. You got to pay Yoki Haru. Got to pay Darlene. You're going to have to pay Paterka. You're going to have to pay Quinn. You're going to have to pay Cousins. There is a lot of money that is going to be coming out of the budget. Okay, in the next number of years, goaltending's an area. Or they they might have to spend some money. I don't know how much emphasis is going to be put on Devin Levi in the next couple of years to come here, but I got to tell you, man, there's time I, though. I there's time because well, we can't time. You know, on you, what he's going to want to step right into the NHL. Devin Levi, UPL has played solid. Okay, he's getting his opportunity to try and grab the reins. But the competitive competitiveness of this hockey team in general, the team is still a year, a year. You can see the light. There's, I mean, even though the team has not maybe won as many games as what um, Sabres fans would like or anticipate, but this, this team is, is driving in the right direction. They have the right elite forwards moving forward that still need time to develop because they're super crazy young. And you need to give these, these players like what is Paterka Quinn and cousins as a line who are producing right now in the NHL. What are they going to be like in two, three years from now? 
they could be a line that's unstoppable because they're producing now since that line, since Don Granato made the decision to put that young line together, Quinn has taken off. He looks like a completely different player. JJ Paterka had how many breakaways last night and he can't score like that kid is, is absolutely insane with his skill. He's going to get faster and stronger. Dylan Cousins looks like a completely different player. From last year, he had a solid year. When we talked about Dylan Cousins, we said he had a solid year. We didn't, we didn't think that his year was like, wow, he played awesome. He was only 20 years old. And he played okay. Because we feel that he has a much higher ceiling. At the start of the year, he started off okay. He started off solid. Dylan Cousins never, you're never going to watch him and say he was terrible. Because his game does not present terrible. He's always going to be very consistent. Where his game's going to take off to the next level is his offensive abilities. And right now, you're starting to see that in the last 15 games, he's completely exploded. And now you're looking at Dylan Cousins in a completely different light. Yeah, well, and he's a guy that's going to get paid too. He's getting paid. The core of this team is being Well, that's the thing. You can't pay everybody. Well, that's and that's all right. I think some guys are already playing themselves out of here. I'm not going down that path. I'm not going negative. Yeah, we don't today. need to go that. We Listen, I mean, to. everybody who watches this this team play, you know where you, you know, know where they, the weaknesses are. Well, how you can we could there's a number of ways we can word it, and I think we've learned this how you figure you want to decide to word something specific, and I think it's just simply, I think you know who you're moving forward with, and I think you know who you're going to move on from and try to add players to to fill certain roles so you know with it's it's just cousins is one of those guys that he's obviously and going into this season did anyone see this coming from him anybody dylan cousins yeah i i didn't i didn't anticipate him to explode onto the offensive scene as much as he has but let me tell you like he the like just looking at the game last night watching him play I mean, he is really taking a big step. And 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 the thing is, you you say to yourself, well, are, are you surprised? I'm a little surprised because I don't think that we've seen this offensive output from a player, but he's also playing with two players that are highly skilled, that have high-end abilities to produce points. And and Dylan Cousins have has gelled with these two players. And you're now seeing you're now seeing something that for the first time, and I mean, I mean a decade that you're starting to see where you have not a one and a two, but you're looking that you're looking at a one, a one B, not a one and a two line. You're looking at a one, a and a one B line. And guess what? In two years from now, three years from now, who's going to be the one a, been a nice little kind of breakout season for Dylan Cousins in that regard. It, it will become more of a problem for the for the team as a salary cap because you might have been able to have him cheaper in the offseason, which I wouldn't assign him to a I six wouldn't million. assign him either. I wouldn't I mean, assign he him didn't to a, show me enough to basically yeah. garner the amount of money that I think Dylan Cousins is going to want. Now you're in a situation where why can't you, know, you give him the same deal as Tage? 
I would them. not pay him the same as Tate. Why? You have two set. You have, you would have two centermen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For and I would agree that it might be a little bit too much, but you would have two centermen for fourteen point five million dollars. Okay. I know it's a, yeah. it'd be like fourteen point three or something, but yep. let's call it fourteen point five. The Leafs are at twenty one million for their two centermen, and if you if you do McDavid and Drysital, they're at twenty and a half million. If he's a Patrice Bergeron mold, not a Patrice Bergeron, that's a stretch, okay? But if he's a Patrice Bergeron mold, and Bergeron was making 6.5, Dylan Cousins has, you know, earlier in the year, and I am very biased, but I also know the kid, but I was very adamant about uh, uh, Alex Tuck being the next captain of this team because I know the kid. I know how much he loves the team and wants to win and how hard he plays, but... Dylan Cousins has, without question, he has captain qualities all over him. He has since he was drafted. He has in his draft year. It was talked about as one of one of his assets before the Sabres even drafted him. Then he goes and he's a leader on Team Canada. He was a leader on his junior team. I mean, he has. Do you remember the qualities. year that he got drafted and we did an interview with him? Yes. It's blown away. Blown away. Do you remember? Do you remember when he finished the interview? He got up. Most most players, okay, and I know this because I was one of them, and you were one of them, and you know exactly what I'm going to say here. That not all these players like doing this media stuff. They don't like sitting in front of the camera. They don't like being asked all these questions. They just want to be left alone. And and a large amount of these players. Are, are feel the same way. And I'll never forget that we had an interview with Dylan cousins when he was drafted. Okay. And the way that he spoke and the maturity level of him, I was completely blown away. And once the interview was done after 20 minutes or so, um, the, the cameras got shut off and we stood there and talked to him for another couple minutes. He didn't, he didn't get up, jump up and fly out of there because he just wanted, he was, his maturity level is completely through the roof. Like yeah. I was thinking to myself when I was that age, I was nowhere near. I wasn't as mature level. as he was at 33 that he was yeah. at 18, I, to be honest with you. Yeah. And you know, listen, I mean, it goes back to, it goes back to understanding that, that Players, young players need time. They need time. And it goes back to, you know, Kevin Adams making the decision not to do basically anything. And just, you know, the the focus was, I'm not going to do anything because I need to allow the players that are in the lineup, the young players, time to play and develop. And right now, Jack Quinn at the start of the year looked a little off, sat, you know, sat him in the stands. Don Granato decided to say, Hey, go take a seat in the stands. It's not a punishment. It's, it's a journey. We're going to work with you. Go take a bird's eye view of watching the game from up top, which is a very different perspective and, and come back and continue to find ways to make yourself better. And, you know, the line right now is 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 probably one of the most fun lines to watch right now out of any any line in the league. 
because yeah. JJ Paterka, Jack, Jack Quinn, they have the ability to make plays. They're, they're fast, they're dynamic. And Dylan Cousins is playing at a higher level that he's ever played in his in his uh, young NHL career. The only I know we expect now, I know we expect Quinn to be a scorer, but he's on a nice little he's on a nice little point run here. Kind of he he's a any... scorer. What are you talking about? Well, I know he's Kevin a Adams did not draft him from the OHL in, in, in from the I'm Ottawa just saying 67s. he has fourteen points in twenty games, like and he had no points in his first four. So he, you know, he's, he's almost at a point per game right now. Uh, I mean, almost you, at you a point rate that game. over. You multiply that by four. That's a 56 point pace for a rookie. 24 yeah. goals. Yep. It's a damn good rookie season. Thomas Vanek's rookie J, season. JJ Paterka. 25. You know, he, he's uh, a, a guy that's played every game this year. Just seems very mature in his play. He's very dynamic, da- dynamic himself. And there, this is where, as a as a fan base, as you know the 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 fan base that may be irritated, okay, and and upset. I know that they are. I I I talk to Sabers fans every single day for the past decade. The fan base knows that th- this team is not in a position currently right now although i was looking at uh the the standings and they're they're what six points out of a a wild card spot listen a a little run a little run with the sabers just a little one can put them right back in a conversation can put them right back in a conversation the sabers fans realize that there is a lot of talent a lot of talent coming up there are players that should not be in this lineup. I'm not going to go and tell you who they are because you've probably listened to the podcast before. I would imagine Kevin Adams, who's a very smart man who understands this game, is going to be he's going to be patient. He's going to be calculated. He's going to know exactly what he wants to do. I'm sure he's doing. I know his whole group is doing the due diligence on what's next, and. Um, I hate to use this word, patience. It's the worst word in the world when it comes to this. You may as well just said trust the process. Yeah. The process worked. I mean, it has worked so far in the last number of games. You've seen, you've seen the light. There are weakness on, on this. I was referring to the, there is weakness. You know, they were the trust the process line. That was their line for you. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It was trust the process, trust the process. And everybody's like, Oh my God, I'm sick of this. Trust the process. And it's, yeah, it's kind of paid off. I mean, I can understand it though. I can understand that we played pro sports. I mean, we understand that it's, you know, but it's, it, 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 it's sometimes it's just, it's hard for the people paying the money who want to go and watch a good product to understand that. And I, and I watch respect and and I exactly, I respect and appreciate that too. You don't want to go watch a, a, a a terrible team. Yeah. Eight years ago, eight years ago, I was offered bills tickets literally. And I mean, literally every single home game, multiple, multiple people that I know in, in my circle of, of friends, multiple people offering me, Hey, do you want the bills tickets? I got four bills tickets. I'm not going to go to the game. That was the, that was the thought process for eight years ago to get a bloody bills ticket right now. 
you'd have to cut off one of your fingers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're hot, a hot people. ticket, man. I mean, and we're talking about a fan base. that's just, they're mildly insane. I mean, it is, it is one of the greatest football fan bases around. You know, that fan base dealt with some really, really tough times for a very, very long time. But I'll tell you right now, I think they're pretty happy with what they're seeing on the field. And the Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres, with what I watch as the naked eye who don't know, I don't know anything that's happening behind the scenes and the personalities of these players. I will tell you this, that there is a very, very, very bright future for the Sabres in short and shortcoming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to explode. And when it does, you're, th- this fan base is going to be packing this building and there's going to be a really, really, really tough time getting tickets for this team because they are going to be a very dynamic hockey team in short and short. Just got to keep the puck out of the net. How would you feel about the Sabres going after Bennington? This does not have to be a long conversation about that, but I just, I want to talk about his antics and what you think of it. But... A freaking chance. Okay. All right. That's, that's not a chance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think about what he's been doing? I think it's horseshit. I think what, someone needs to absolutely knock him out. Did you see what Craig Berube said? I did not, but please tell me that he was not happy with him. Basically, just stop the puck. Worry about playing goal. We're not we're not playing very well right now. Our team's not going very well. You know, like basically cut it out type stuff. But I mean, it wasn't very harsh. It was more matter of fact. But um, just stop. He's the also puck. a veteran. He's also a veteran coach that knows that if he starts to react and and he's going to get so so for the people that don't know what's going on jordan bennington obviously the goaltender for the st louis blues has had multiple incidents in the last week week and a half where he's coming out of his net to stop the puck behind the net and once he stops the puck and he starts to go back into the front of his net he is now he in one game he completely body checked a player stall Blatantly, Jordan Stahl and Jordan Stahl barreled him over. Yes, but Jordan Stahl was not expecting a goaltender to throw a body check at him because the cardinal rule for goaltenders is they're out. You don't touch them, right? Everybody knows that you don't go and you know barrel over a goaltender. But Bennington did this, and I think it's for me it's bush league, and I'll tell you why. I have been very vocal about. And and you've you've poked the bear, right? You're like, yeah, hey, I think uh, goaltending should be, uh, you know, fair game if they come out of their net. And I'm like, no, you can't do that because there's only two goaltenders on your bench, and you don't want the e bug coming in. Uh, you know, oh, you we know, need, taking we need over. more e bugs. There's no question. We need more e bugs in the league. No, we need those. No, we yeah, don't. we do. Fuck, come on. So keep the goaltenders in the net. But this is not. This is bullshit. And then all of a sudden, in the next game, a couple games later, it could have been the next game. Um, he went out, stopped the puck again, and I think it was um, Zucker. Zucker from Pittsburgh went flying around the net, and Bennington threw his glove out and hit him in the face. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, like someone needs to someone needs to do something. Like I'm going to tell you, but again, nothing's going to happen because we, we know that that's just not part of the game anymore, but it's like, it's so irritating. Like he should, 
get more than just a two minute penalty for these things. Like, it's just irritating because like, I don't like the kid. I don't know the kid. I only know him through the media. I only know him listening to his interviews. I think his interviews stink. I think he is cocky as all hell. And, uh, you know, he good won for a, him he's for won turning a cup, though. I mean, I don't know. It's one more than I have. So I don't can, know how I feel about this. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you how I, how I feel about if, if a team goes out and tries to run him and they have to, and his team has to go and fight on his behalf. You yeah. can't just leave him hanging. You know, his team must absolutely just despise it, but taking myself out of the locker room and, and the whole, you know, team environment and how to act. It is. I love it. I think it's entertaining, but yeah, from, from knowing, you know, the dynamic of the, of a team they're hating it in that locker room it's driving them nuts because it puts them all in a bad situation it, i take a waiver on them i mean if st louis were to say we'll trade bennington and half his salary for something reasonable i would take i'd take a waiver on it i'd absolutely he is a very capable goaltender i mean maybe a change of scenery and a wake-up call is all he needs to go and Turn back into the goalie he was in the playoffs when he led yeah, St. Louis to the my, cup. When my only, my only thing on with him chart. is, um, is he the personality that you want in this locker room? Why not? Because I think, uh, I just think that he's, um, I think he's like really, he's got this cocky tendency to him in the way that he talks to the media, the way that he handles himself on the ice, like everything. Like, I just don't like his, I don't like his antics. Like I, I would not take him on this team for free. That's just my opinion. And that's just, you know, like he's making $6 million a year for the next four years after this one. For me, I have no business, no want whatsoever with taking Jordan Bennington for $6 million. Okay. Do you, do you think the entire league feels that way? I mean, like there are other teams out there that are going to make a playoff push that might need a goalie. Are they feeling the same way? Well, listen, I like mean, in Jordan my... Bennington at 3 million, because you know, St. Louis, if they would take three, they pay $3 million to get them off their, their roster. No, they wouldn't. No, there's no need for them to do that. I mean, they have Thomas Grice as their backup goaltender, who's 36 years old, who's bounced around to a few different teams, who's been a very capable backup, but he's also 36 years old now. His, I, I would not put it past Thomas Grice to this is his last year in the NHL. He's had a great career, but they don't have anybody. And 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 Bennington has tendencies of playing very, very well at times. Okay. When the, when the team's playing well and Bennington's playing well, this team is a very, very difficult team to play against. I would not take a waiver on Bennington or do I think that the, the St. Louis blues are even looking to move him. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76 you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.